You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show with G-Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, you got a Jeep, want a Jeep, never driven anything but Jeeps? Well, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain, or interform, while we talk about Jeeps. Hey, Josh, uh, did you hear about Bandit died today? It's it's a sad day, good buddy. I did, Tony, and I'm not good buddy. But I guess he's <laughs> making that big cannonball run in the sky now. Tammy, mm. I guess the last one left is Sally Fields? Yeah, Josh, it's so sad. I was... Got shocked at work, but you know now Snowman, Bandit, and that crazy some bitch sheriff are all back together again. <laughs> hey Tony, uh, what's coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show? Well, Tammy, I'm glad you asked. Sean Wood from Tom Woods Custom Drive Shaft at ForexShaft.com is going to be our guest tonight. Uh, Tammy, I, I think you're back in the studio this week, uh, and you're going to bring us some uh, JL information. We'll find out why Nikki G and washing machine motors uh, are a bad combination. And in Tech Talk, Josh will be wrapping up the JKJKU Dana 30 series, and we'll find out what lengths Tammy is willing to go through to get pulled over just for an interesting Facebook post. <gasps> <laughs> Oh, and there's much more, much, much more. Is there more? Uh, no, that's pretty much all of it. So, good night, everyone. That's oh, a wrap. Damn it! I've well, been a great show. Thanks for joining. Yep. Lie to them, Tammy. Lie to them. No, <laughs> tons more. <laughs> Thank you. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's this week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. Looking for a way to support the show? Well, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, and a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go towards helping out the Jeep Talk Show. If you like what you hear have gotten any benefit from what we do here, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, or just head over to our website and click the Amazon button. And thanks in advance. All right, picture this. Your grandmother is coming home from a trip to the grocery store. And as she pulls into her driveway behind the wheel of her Grand Cherokee, some thugs pull up behind her and follow her on foot up the driveway. Oh, it gets worse. Now, imagine these thugs brandishing guns at poor grandma, tapping on the window repeatedly because typically when a weapon is pointed at your face, you generally comply with the instructions being given from behind it. But grandma wasn't about to comply with nothing these guys were spouting. The doors of the Jeep appear to have been locked. Several tense moments go by with would-be thieves on all sides forcefully trying to get into the Jeep and getting more frustrated by the second. It looked like this would soon turn fatal for grandma and anybody else that may have been with her. However, according to reports and the subsequent video that has been released, a now uncooperative and probably rather pissed off, Graham Graham decides to calmly and deliberately put the Jeep into reverse and guns it. All of the thieves, thinking that their gun-wielding and window-tapping would have gained them a new Jeep, had all but abandoned the car blocking the driveway, still with its doors wide open. In other words, a nice fat target for Granny. And after plowing into their only means of escaping what may now be a dangerous situation for the armed robbers, they immediately try to flee into the car to drive away. This is where the now, well, tactically trained grandma uh, goes ahead and puts into motion her plans. Uh, Obviously, Operation Flatten Thugs. The Jeep Grand Cherokee is seen ramming the vehicle once again and then chasing it. 
in reverse, down the driveway, <laughs> across the street, and in a reverse pit maneuver while jumping a curb, she knocks the gate getaway vehicle into the neighbor's yard. The elderly crime fighter apparently even mentioned it in an interview with local news that she, quote, wished she had rammed the robber's vehicle even harder and more often than she did, end quote. Taking your life into your own hands is something each person has to decide on their own, and opting to fight armed attackers with a steering wheel now maybe isn't what we'd call advisable unless you're driving an armored vehicle. But you have to admit, this is one courageous granny. She refused to give up her Jeep, give her Jeep away, or put her life in any more danger than she was already in, merely because a group of pistol-carrying criminals asked her to. Now, they're all clearly cowards. There's no doubt about that. But unfortunately, it's unclear as to whether or not any justice was served from reports that are out there regarding this matter. I've said it before and I'll say it again. There are McDonald's in pretty much every country in the world. You can go out and get you your regular job. Uh, <laughs> if you gotta, if you got to work with pistols in your job, well, there's always law enforcement. <laughs> Just an absolutely, I mean, crazy situation. Now, I mean, I don't know if this is in a bad neighborhood or not. The video shows um, uh, security footage from the driveway, mm -hmm. and uh, it's looking down the driveway of a of a, a residence dwelling, if you will, that uh, that has a, a security gate, uh, you know, an, an automatic gate. Uh, and so it might be a bad neighborhood. I mean, maybe she's a person or a, of a family of importance. It's, it's kind of unclear. A lot of details missing from this story, but the video speaks volumes. And if you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, you might want to do a little bit of deep searching and, and check it out and see if you can find it. Uh, it's probably going to go viral here very soon. This just is, is, I mean, almost breaking news here. So uh, I'm sure that it's going to be uh, filtering through social media here uh, as we speak. So I'm actually, I have a, a different theory about this. I think that these uh, thugs are actually Jeep salesmen and they are stealing the Jeep <laughs> so they can make the, more the, sales. The test drive is over, Granny. Come on. Back. Right. <laughs> yeah. It could be that too. It could be, damn it, you didn't sign the paperwork. We need it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and give her the benefit of the doubt and say that, that, that she's the uh, genuine owner of this Jeep. But, uh, but I like that theory nonetheless. Well, Jeep and Ram have been, uh, well, picking up the slack once again. The redesigned Jeep Compass is more than making up for lost volume of its discontinued platform mate, the Patriot. And Ram brand has, well, had its best August ever as FCA US reports its monthly sales results earlier this week. Overall, Fiat Chrysler sold a little over 192,000 vehicles in August, up about uh, just under 10% over August of last year. Both months had 27 selling days. Year to date, the automaker has delivered just under a million and a half vehicles, up 5.5% from 2017. Jeep and Ram continue paying the bills for FCA US with Jeep finding 87,500 customers in August, up 19.6% from the same month in 2017. With the redesigned Wrangler up 20%, just selling over 20,000 units, and Cherokee up a gigantic 85%, selling over 21,000 units, it's clear to see how FCA as a whole is almost entirely being propped up at this point by Jeep's more off-road models. Now, sales of the other platforms didn't really measure up to the demand. Both Grand Cherokee and Renegade were off in sales figures for the month, falling 14.8 and 0.6% uh, respectively. But the new Compass is having a good year. Its sales were up 75.6% in August to 16,000 some odd units, achieving a year-to-date total of just over 116,000 deliveries. A year ago, when both the Patriot and previous generation Compass were nearing the end of their production runs, sales for the two combined only totaled just under 80,000. 
Needless to say, Jeep is having a decent year. There's no doubt, but we'll still have some of the slowest. We still have some of the slowest months in auto sales ahead of us. So we'll see if they can keep the momentum going. So just curious, you know, you were talking about slowest uh, months coming up. Just yeah. curious, you see all these uh, these advertisements for buying uh, people vehicles, your loved one vehicles with the big bow yeah. on top around oh, Christmas. Sure. The- yeah. Have, have either one of you ever received a vehicle no. for for Christmas? I don't. No. I don't understand that. That's like a commercial I've never for the one vehicle. Period. I've, I've look. I've I've owned a lot of vehicles in my, in my day, and I've I had to buy each and every one of them, including my very first vehicle. Uh, I never came from a, an affluent family, a family of many means, so. Uh, it was not something that we ever had in the driveway, a brand new car, let Josh, alone one. Josh, let me, let me on put it. you on hold one second. I'm going to get Dr. Phil on the other Skype line. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will have, I have to admit, I got, oh, no. I got a Jeep oh, no. <laughs> for Memorial Day and I got a Jeep for Halloween. Oh, well, still, it's not Christmas. That's what I was asking about. So you're all right. So, so one had a big red, white, and blue bow on it. And the other one had right. a black and orange bow on it. Okay, I get it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, God bless you if you did. We don't hate you because you got a a, a, a new vehicle for uh, for Christmas or something. But uh, <laughs> still, I just I see those commercials and I wonder. You know, Josh, maybe you've reported on this, and I've just been busy with other things and didn't hear. What did they do with the compass to to rate a seventy five percent increase? Do you recall them doing anything? Is it's, it, it's a is redesign. It all, is it all red fleet now? Is that no, it's not all uh, red, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it is a lot of it is the new technology that FCA has been applying over the last couple few years. Uh, a lot of it is just uh, the the segment um, looking for that smaller. I'm gonna I'm not gonna use the word crossover here. It's more along the lines of a compact SUV, mm-hmm. uh, but it fits the need for for that market. Uh, you know, for, for that market need uh, where it's not, you know, the, the Cherokee, which has just loaded with features, has right. the off-road ability to it. It's not the Wrangler, the off-road king. It's sort of underneath of these, you know, you still get the Jeep, you still get some four-wheel drive options if you want, but it's a little bit more stripped down, a little bit smaller, and it just fits the bill. I, th- I think what we should do uh, as a, a Jeep talk show add-on is uh, sell the, the, the Jeep logos. And you can just get the put the logo on anything you like because it kind of sounds like what they're doing here with the compass. It's just oh. I want the Jeep logo and I'm going to pay for it. And this is this is going to work. Probably it's, it's probably relatively inexpensive and fuel efficient as well. I would imagine so. I don't have all the specs here in front of me comparing one model to the next, but you know, of course, uh, Jeep has definitely had one of the most attractive lineups that they've had in recent oh. history coming out for the 2018 model year. So if you haven't seen them yet. Go check them out. They've been doing a hell of a job over there at Jeep. Reading, reading the uh, the marketplace very well. Hey, if you guys have a news tip or you have a response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know. We'd like to hear from you. You can do that by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out to us. Hey, coming up later in the show, we'll be talking with the son of the very man who invented the driveline himself. What? No? Oh, oh, he just works there? Okay, well, either way, we've got Sean Wood from Tom Wood's Custom Drive Shafts coming up here in a little bit, so don't go anywhere. Hey, and coming up in Tech Talk, we're going to wrap up our multi-part series on how to beef up your JK, JKU, Dana 30 front axle. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Well, some of you new listeners out there might be wondering exactly what is the 4x4 Radio Network. Well, it is a conglomeration of pretty much all of your off-road podcasts. We've got them all 
under one roof. And of course, the Jeep Talk Show is a proud member as well. Over at the 4x4 Radio Network, you can find all kinds of podcasts related to off-road. Uh, we've got, well, we're there, of course, the Jeep Talk Show. We've got uh, something for your non-Jeep buddies, too. It's all right. Uh, we've got the 4x4 Podcast, the Center Steer Podcast, the Trail Chasers Podcast. We even have the On the Trail Podcast. A little something there for everybody. Trust me, if you're into off-road, you're into outdoors, you're into uh, the 4x4 stuff, Wow, we've got the audio needs for you. Go over there to 4x4radionetwork.com and check it out. Oh, and uh, if you uh, missed our episode last week, Dan from the 4x4 podcast was our guest. So just go back to episode 348 and uh, enjoy that great interview. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. This is Steve, 4.3LXJ, with another Jeep tip, and... Uh, I'd like to continue with the Dana 30 series, and uh, I said last time we'd continue with steering and brake options, and one of my favorite modifications for the Dana 30, which allows you to keep your 5-on, 4.5-volt pattern and so forth and so on, is the WJ knuckle and brake conversion. Uh, You kind of have to be a little bit smarter than the average bear about this, but uh, it's an excellent conversion to make, and... uh, You can buy kits or you can fabricate it. Now, uh, I got the knuckles and stuff for free because we had a wreck sitting out back, so I just took everything off of it. But basically, I also went down to the wrecking yard at Pick and Pull. I bought uh, uh, four calipers for 60 bucks, and uh, you want to buy new uh, discs to go on there. And... uh, I think it was $12.50 for a spacer to go under the unit bearing so that everything lines up just right. And uh, then it was a matter of putting tie rods and so forth on it. Now, here's the thing. Uh, The WJ brake option, uh, you go from a single uh, piston caliper to a dual piston caliper. And it's also a different design. The uh, calipers are mounted differently. Uh, does it make a difference? Well, you bet. Uh, I also put WJ brakes on the back of my Jeep, and I want to tell you what. They stop as fast now as any car on the road. Well, maybe not quite as fast as a vet. They're pretty quick on the stop, but uh, any of the standard cars. My stops as fast as my Subaru, stops faster than my wife's Crown Vicky, uh, and it's a good deal. So, uh, there's kind of uh, a few things involved with this, and so we'll pick it up next time on Jeep Tips. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Well... It's part five, my last part, and what is a Wrangler? Is this live? Am I playing something? Is this a recording? Is she really here? Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. I I made it back. Um, Oh, thank God. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to the Jeep Talk Show and during Campfire Side Chat. Campfire, yeah. Campfire Side Chat, I'll tell you guys what I was doing. It's very exciting. Oh, good. Excellent. Yes. 
I didn't I think you could talk about it. I thought you know, this, this is a family. <laughs> this is a family-friendly show, yeah. guys. You I mean, know, come on. I went. I was going another direction. I was going. I thought the CIA had made you sign a non-disclosure yeah, agreement, non-disclosure. and and Josh has to go with the potty talk. Yep. <laughs> Usually, it's the other way around. I know. <laughs> yeah. So to this show is going to be the JL and the JLU. That's the fourth generation Wrangler. And the JL made its television debut during Super Bowl 52. And that was the only good thing about the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Tony and Josh, I'm still bitter about the Super Bowl. Because but that's not you, Tammy. You don't hold my, a grudge. <laughs> no. My beloved Vikings. Anyway, that's a whole other story. So this commercial was called the Jurassic Jeep. And it was a reenactment from the T-Rex chase scene from the 1993 Jurassic Park movie. However, Jeff Goldblum, one of the stars from the movie, was driving in this commercial a silver with red accent two-door 2018 Wrangler JL Rubicon instead of the 92 Wrangler YJ Sahara edition. And, of course, the commercial is a dream, and it ends up with Goldblum sitting in this silver Rubicon in a showroom where a Jeep saleswoman asks if he would like to take the JL for a test drive, to which Goldblum replies that he already has. So that was the big debut of the JL. So some factoids about this new JL, JLU. The most cur- this most current model features a front end reminiscent of the TJ featuring a raked front grille with the seven vertical slots and the round headlight lamps are integrated into the front grill. The designers moved the Jeep logo off the front grill, which kind of upsets me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the JL still continues to use the traditional body on frame construction. Now, all the JL models are available in two and four door except the Sahara, which is only available in a four door. Some options on the JL models, except the Rubicon, include the anti-spin rear differential. And I'm hoping maybe later Josh can tell me what that means because I'm not really sure. Um, The JL is designed to be more comfortable on road. The Wrangler two-door is 2.5 inches longer overall than before. Well, the Wrangler four-door has grown by 3.5 inches. This new Wrangler is roughly 200 pounds lighter than the JK, and that's most likely because they added more aluminum to the JL, like the front windshield, which is easier to fold down or can completely be removed. And some of the body panels are also made from aluminum. Some are still made of steel. The hard top, if you have the hard top, and some door, and the doors are made of aluminum, which helps make them easier to remove. They have some safety improvements, which include, by the way, um, the last I read, the um, safety rating has not come out on the JL yet. But anyway, um, they include the side impact airbags and the strengthened B pillar. LED front headlamps and rear tail lamps are available, as are daytime running lamps, which are on the front fenders. They also have a blind spot monitor built in directly into the tail light housing. The rear spare tire has been moved down to increase rear visibility. That's an awesome thing there, especially when you're off-road and you need to keep an eye on the person behind you. The interior design was inspired by the CJ's 
5 and the 1987 to 95 Wrangler YJ models. Now, the interior of the JL with the majority of the interior switch gear is unique to the JL, except for some parts which are shared with some other Chrysler products. There's also a new three-spoke retro-inspired steering wheel, and a color instrument cluster display screen is available on the upper trim levels. And they have also have updated infotainment systems. There's three of them. The interior roll bar was redesigned to accommodate the three new roof systems. The Sunrider Softtop Canvas roof is standard for all the models. And this new Softtop is apparently easier to remove. And get this, the Velcro and zipper enclosures from the previous models are no longer there. I don't know how it works. I'd be curious if anyone has a jail to call in and let us know. But these windows now are easily just lifted out and they can be stored behind the rear seats. Um, there's also a lever that allows you to lock the roof in place or the soft top in place when it's in the down position. So it doesn't flap when you're cruising down the road at 60 miles an hour. Like its predecessor, the Freedom Hardtop is the three-piece color hard metal roof system. Now, the main difference here is the weight because it's aluminum and it makes it easier to lift and remove the roof. There's also the Sky One-Touch Power Top, the first of its kind on any Wrangler, and it's a soft top, a soft canvas panel that is power retractable. You simply press a switch inside the Jeep and the roof folds back. And apparently it's similar to the system in the Jeep Liberty. So there you go. Those are some of the cool features of the JL. And love to hear from anyone who has one to let us know what their thoughts are on it. Okay, so Josh, what about the anti-spin? So what they're talking about is essentially a traction device, Tammy. As you mentioned, it's only available in the, the regular JL models, the Saharas or, or whatever. And as uh, you mentioned, the, the Rubicon models actually have the selectable lockers. Now, because it is a Wrangler and because Jeep wants that Wrangler to be as capable as it can be, they're going to go ahead and give you uh, a little bit of extra traction in the back end of that by including a traction device in the rear differential. Now, the term anti-spin might be something that was just used um, sort of for marketing. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's um, oh, uh, maybe okay. a trademark type name or something like that. But what they're referring to is uh, what's commonly referred to as a limited slip differential, one that will perform much like an open differential. But when one when one wheel starts to uh, lose traction and get excessive spin, there's a clutch pack inside the differential that locks up, locking up both wheels so that that uh, wheel that's not getting traction can then get traction and get you out of that bad situation. Do you think they could be doing uh, independent braking, independent wheel braking uh, to do the anti-spin? Well, there's going to be a degree of that anyways with uh, most vehicle stability systems and uh, and anti-lock brake systems anyways. You know, they, they, there's vehicle control systems that are, are in play with just about any modern vehicle now that uh, are monitoring, you know, how, what that wheel is doing many hundreds of times per second. And uh, when they start seeing these sorts of things happen, um, yes, some micro braking occurs okay. uh, and it's nothing that that you could ever duplicate with your with your foot. <laughs> no, you know, and, unless and, and you were course, an Android. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, this is all happening on a micro level, hundreds of times per, per minute, 
uh, and it's nothing that you really, I mean, there, there might be a defeat button uh, where you can turn these systems off. Oh, uh, God, most yes. vehicles do have that. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's, that's what's going on well, there. Now you, you talk about the things you could turn off. Uh, I think the same, you thought the same thing when you heard the rear tire lowered, you can't turn off a rear tire being too low. <laughs> no, that that's the that's one thing. You know, Tammy was talking about uh, these these features on the new JL that uh, that are different in in the new design, and this is a, a completely redesigned platform for the Wrangler. And as she mentioned, one of the things that they did was uh, bring that spare tire down a little bit for visibility's sake. Now that may be great on the freeway and on the highway and in the road right. and on, on the road and everything. Great for when you're trying to parallel park or or get that jeep <laughs> into those small spots at the mall or get the but selfie with the the ba- good background. <laughs> right. <laughs> but when you're off road, I didn't even what think this of that does too. is is now that tire is going to come in contact with a ledge or yeah. or a rock or something like that a lot faster than it ordinarily would if it was up a little bit higher. You most you notice most aftermarket bumper systems that have a spare tire carrier built in mount that tire pretty high yeah. and maybe even sometimes at an angle up high. And what that yep. does is it increases your departure angle. As you come down off of a tall obstacle, the back of that Jeep is going to inherently want to hang up on whatever ledge you're coming down off of. Uh, and so if you have anything sticking out past the edge of that back tire, which most vehicles do, mm-hmm. the more you have hanging off back there, the more likely that you're going to have stuff hanging up on that ledge, your departure angle is going to be sacrificed. And Tammy, uh, once you uh, get out uh, off-road and start going uh, up and down off of things, all this stuff will become apparent to you. Well, no, yeah, actually, that didn't even (laughs) shut up. Um, I remember one time trying to climb up a hill, and my rear bumper was preventing me from going any further because it was dragging too bad. Was that before the Uh, lift or after? This was, it was before. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And the, the two doors were having no problems. It was my, you know, big, long. Well, I saw that when you door. were reading that, that they made the, the two door a little longer, which is, which I, I think is probably a good thing. But I was a little concerned about them making the, the already very long JKU. Right. Uh, the, now the JLU, uh, three and a half inches longer. I mean, that's right. going to make those situations even more uh, cumbersome. Uh, uh, turning and almost, around and, and climbing right. up things. I almost wonder if they're gearing those J, the new JLs, more towards you know the the non off road. Well, you know, most folks. of the people don't go off road, so obviously right. with the lowered tire for visibility right. and the longer the longer thing, I'm sure has to do with storage capacity, so you can carry stuff. Uh, right, but not for off road, and 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 I think we got to be really careful here. And I think Jeep has to be uh, as consumers. I think we need to make sure that Jeep understands what we want these Jeeps for. And I think Jeep has to be very careful because I think we were all very concerned about the new JL being something that is this uh, bastardized, looks like a Jeep but doesn't operate like a Jeep thing. And and really, one of the main reasons I was so. Um, I felt so good when I finally saw it. I was very concerned it was going to be some sort of uh, new Cherokee uh, catastrophe in a regular form. You know, one of the things we talked about over the last couple of episodes uh, was uh, some of the features that that pop up that we've seen uh, coming up in the Wrangler. In fact, we talked about the new Moab edition that they mm-hmm. that they're releasing. Now, even though Wranglers are historically an off-road machine, Jeep has really come to realize that, well, there's a lot of non-off-road Jeep fans out there. I know, I know. They're, it's I not know. their fault. It's not their fault. 
But it's, but nonetheless, they they offer these trim levels in the Wrangler platform for people who may not be as off road savvy or not don't want to really take their their Jeep off road. But you know they they want that that you know four wheel drive system there uh, for inclement weather or in case they go up to the mountain to go skiing or you know something like that. Hence we have these other trim levels that don't have all this off-road equipment. They don't have the armor. They don't have the lockers in the, in the differentials. Um, they, they, they don't have the added height. They don't have the larger tires. They, they don't have the rock rails. They don't have all these other features that you'll find in the Rubicon uh, that is a more off-road design trim package versus the Sahara, which is more of a commuter type of a trim package. And then you combine the two and you get the Moab trim package, a little bit of best of both worlds, if you will. Right. And I don't begrudge anybody that buys a Rubicon. That's fine if you you got the money and that's what you want to do. But uh, damn it, I might want to buy a JL that isn't a Rubicon because I don't have the money for all that. And, or, or maybe I want to put my own lockers in, and I, I want a good platform that I can build from. And if we don't have a, a good platform, one because, you know, if, as far as the departure angle, you can take that bumper off and put a different bumper on with a proper tire mm-hmm. carrier that's going to be able to ha- handle the weight of that 35, 37-inch tire and wheel uh, and, and get a better departure angle. So that's easy. But what isn't easy is cutting the Jeep to remove three and a half inches from the body. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it can be done, of course. But uh, when they when they start making decisions like that to add extra cargo space, um, you have to start thinking, how is that going to affect my ability to make this an off, a really a, a good off-road vehicle? And uh, the JK, or I'm sorry, the JLU may not be that in the future. And the other thing that concerns me is all the aluminum they're using because mm-hmm. Jeeps uh, are generally speaking, uh, the Wranglers are generally speaking something that stays around for a very, very long time. People modify them. They may sell them to somebody else and they hold on to it. They take it off roading. And I just got to wonder, all this aluminum, how is that going to affect the longevity of the, the structural integrity, uh, if you will, of the JL? Yeah, that's a really good point. Tony, because uh, you look at like the difference between aluminum and steel rims. If you bang up your aluminum rim out on the trail, that's it. It's done. If you you bang up a steel rim on the trail, it can be bent back into shape. It can be hammered out. Steel has a memory. Aluminum doesn't. So over time, you know, and this is completely hypothetical here. Over time, it's possible that that top is going to see stresses and and deflection and whatnot, and oh, possibly over time those ex- joints are not going to line up. Especially and if you take it off road, you're going to see a lot exactly. of tor- a lot of torsional stresses on that. That's what I'm getting at. Is is let's say you you do have a Jeep that that you, is used off road at least somewhat often, or possibly you know later as its second or third owner vehicle. Uh, and it's getting modified and used a little bit more off-road and whatnot. It's seen a lot of miles. It's seen a lot of flex and 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 you know off-camber situations. That body's twisting up a little bit. You know that top may not line up or fit right or seal the way that it did when it was brand new from the factory because of it being aluminum, it not retaining its shape, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now they may have combated a lot of this by you know design and and reinforcement and that sort of stuff. A lot of, like I said, a lot of it's just hypothetical. So I'm going to jump out on a limb and actually speak for all three of us. I'm pretty sure that you guys would agree that if Jeep wanted to contact us and actually hire us 
to do all the Jeep <laughs> designs. I don't mean actually do the the CAD stuff, although you could probably do that, Josh. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. I can, uh, but but <laughs> I mean actually, it. you know, just yay nay type thing. We you know we wouldn't have to move. We would just meet on Skype. And go, no, I don't like that. No, I don't like that. No, do this, do this. <laughs> you know, thumbs we up, would make thumbs a down, badass yeah. Jeep. And they wouldn't sell any of them. I mean, they'd sell some, but it'd only be to the off-road crowd. But I'm willing to. I'm willing to do it. I, I think you guys are too. Well, you know why they wouldn't sell any of them? Because you'd have them all red. Well, oh, you know, there's there's it. certain <laughs> things that are just a given that you know yeah. us. <laughs> hey, folks! Uh, don't forget to head over to my award-winning blog. All this will be there on next week. I'll have the my blog on the JL and coming up later in the show. Oh, my blog is at jeepmama.com. <laughs> you got to remember all to, the little details there, Tammy. It's geez, too think, much. People are going, oh, well, oh, great. You got a blog. How do I get there? Yeah, that's jeepmama.com. Hey, and coming up later in the show, we're going to be hearing from Nikki G. And it's M-O-M-M-A. So if you're looking for Jeep M-A-M-A, uh, that's a pole dancer of some short, some sort, and you don't want to go there. Hey, oh, <laughs> um, it's a joke for the show. Dude. Oh, <laughs> <It Sorry. is>. <laughs> <laughs> you got me again, Tony. <laughs> you got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I can. I, it's tech talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Since episode 344, we've been talking about the key areas of the front axle found under the 2007 to 2017. Jeep Wrangler. A key areas that can be easily upgraded to make your axle very strong and worth more in the event that you aim to eventually sell it for an upgrade. We've covered everything from sleeves to armor, from gears to lockers and more. Almost every point has been addressed. So this week, we're going to wrap up this series with the last couple points of consideration. For those who want to run 35 inch or taller tires on a Model 30 on a Dana 30 front end, or for those who wheel in serious terrain like big deep rocks, I'm going to strongly suggest installing a pair of chromoly axle shafts. The biggest reason is because they offer a vast improvement in strength over stock. The factory axle shafts on the JK Dana 30 feature 27 splines, whereas something like Superior's famous Super 30 kit come with 30 spline shafts. Typically, each spline represents about an 11% increase in overall strength. Combine that with the added strength of your chromoly steel material, and you have a much more reliable axle arrangement for your JK. Now, just because you slap some beefier axle shafts in the tubes doesn't mean you won't still have a weak point down there, especially if you plan on going with big rubber. If your goal is to run tires bigger than 35 inches, well, you should seriously consider using something like CTMU joints for ultimate reliability. CTM joints start out as a solid billet chunk of 300M tool steel, from there, the material is CNC machined to precise tolerances in the shape of a U-joint cross. The setup is so much stronger than a typical U-joint because of the material used and the method by which the product is made. The only drawback to these U-joints is their cost. Oh, yeah. They can run in excess of $250 a piece, so be prepared. Another advantage to CTM U-joints have uh, that they have over traditional U-joints is that they use a bronze sleeve instead of place instead in place instead of needle bearings. If properly maintained, these offer drastically improved durability. And hey, here's a quick tip for you guys out there struggling to install chromoly shafts with CTM-type U-joints. Sometimes getting everything to line up and fit right can be a little bit tricky. If you, if you remove the Zerk fittings from the U-joint caps before attempting to install the shafts back into the housing, you're going to give yourself a little bit more wiggle room. Once installed, you just replace the Zerk fittings and you're good to go. 
The final place that one should focus his or her attention on when bulletproofing the JKD in a 30 is the drive yoke. And we here at the Jeep Talk Show always recommend Tom Woods custom drive shafts for any driveline or flange needs. For sheer strength and reliability, you'll want to go with a billet flange style yoke. The flange yoke is part is the part of the driveline, the part that the driveline attaches to at the axle. This is this type of yoke typically doubles the strength of a traditional strap style yoke arrangement. The additional strength comes from having more material in key areas surrounding the driveline U-joint. That's why the U-bolt mod is so popular, as it increases the amount of material around the caps of the U-joint. This is a large improvement over even that. And, well, that's pretty much it. We've systematically addressed each and every key area of the JK Wrangler Dana 30 front axle here. And although some of the tech we've covered here in the last several episodes refers specifically to the JK or the JKU Wrangler Dana 30 front axle, most of these upgrades equally apply to the Dana 30 found under your TJ Wrangler, or your XJ Cherokee, or your ZJ Grand Cherokee. Heck, even the MJ Comanche guys could benefit from some of this tech too. It just goes to show that just because something works on one Jeep doesn't necessarily mean it won't work for yours too. And with all of this, you're now armed with all the knowledge you need to not only build and, build, build and bulletproof your front axle, but make it worth more too. With all these upgrades, you'll have a well-built axle that can be in high demand when it comes time to sell it off for that big upgrade. Or maybe you just ended up building your perfect axle. You know that last part you were talking about, uh, the, these tips and tricks for the Dana 30 um, work for a multitude of Jeeps. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why a lot of us are so anti-IFS and other ways of getting power to the, to the wheels is because if you know how a Jeep works, that solid axle uh, works, uh, it, it's pretty much the same for any other Jeep with a solid axle. And uh, and when they when they come out with IFS or some other arrangement, uh, it's like, what is this this crap? I don't want to learn this. Uh, and I think, uh, generally speaking, too, the IFS is uh, generally weaker than a solid axle. Certainly, uh, it is unless you spend a lot more money on it. I was going to say, yeah, you know, they can be built up to be quite strong and capable, but you're going to be throwing a lot more money at yeah. it than you would uh, on a straight axle system. Well, and as an engineer, you know, anytime you put uh, more parts uh, into something, the more complex it gets, the more likely it is to uh, take damage and have to be repaired. Well, hey, is there anything that you guys would like to add to this conversation? Maybe you have a question that you would like answered here on Tech Talk. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. It comes straight to me and who knows, you might just get your question answered here on the show. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Well, howdy, boys and girls. we got another great interview tonight, and uh, it's going to be with Sean Wood. He is the son of the founder of Tom Wood's Custom Driveshaft, Tom Wood. I-, I would say Tom Wood's Custom Driveshaft is easily the most recognized supplier of custom driveshafts and has been for the last 20 years. Uh, you can find out more about Tom Wood's Custom Driveshaft uh, uh, has for you and your Jeep by going to 4 xshaft 
dot com and uh sean you guys have a shop now it's uh dot com slash shop isn't it what is that is that just uh pictures and prices of things yeah so it's something where uh it, it's kind of taken some some coercion on my part to get tom to finally <laughs> go along with this but we finally have the ability to sell things through our website uh, jumping uh, into jumping into the late 1990s i love yeah, it it's great exactly <laughs> <laughs> well it's something where, where right now it's still kind of uh, uh, limited. We only have certain drive shafts, but we're looking to expand it here in the future. So anyone that's listening, if you go to that and you don't see what you need, by no means is that a complete representation of what we can sell. Oh, no. And everything's, everything is customizable for you guys. I mean, that's how you've worked for, for so many years. And uh, it, you know, it is great that, uh, that Tom is embracing that. It's, it's good you get a little poll over there that you can uh, get things like that put in place. Yeah, yeah. You know, this particular thing, I will say, was probably a year-long conversation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it, it's proven to be a good decision. Oh, of uh, course. So People love yeah. being able to look at stuff and shop. I mean, Tammy will do it while, uh, t- actually, she's probably doing it now. Yeah, I I, I need the rear drive shaft now. <laughs> yeah. but uh, um, So why, why was he so hesitant? Um. You know, one of the main things is is he wants to ensure that people get what they need. And, you know, if you're just clicking around on a website, there's a lot of stuff. It's confusing. Uh, a lot of times you can order the wrong thing. And, you know, he wants to sort of hold people's hand through it a little bit, maybe more than is always necessary. But, you know, just wants to make sure people get um, that service of, of, of really customizing their needs. And, and also... Well, um, you know, not everything is cookie cutter. A lot of people have a, a, a Jeep CJ with a Chevy transfer case in it, and that's not something that's going to be available on a website. That makes sense. Yeah, I know from firsthand experience, I, uh, I had sent uh, Tom an email uh, and asked him, because I was looking at putting a uh, high, uh, uh, I want to say uh, high definition, a heavy-duty uh, NP231 transfer case in my, my Jeep. And I was mm-hmm. curious if it was going to, if the drive shaft I had, the Tom Woods drive shaft that I had, the rear one was going to fit. And I get a call from him, and he says, "You got time to talk?" It's <laughs> like, sure, man. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. Didn't even ask. You know, I just get this call, and we go back and forth. He's not selling anything. He's just trying to help me understand about uh, uh, what it is that I'm doing and what my change and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And it was it was wonderful customer service. I, I mean, I am a, a Tom Woods customer, but it was like. Gosh, like seven, ten years ago when I bought that uh, uh, SYE for my uh, 242 transfer case. But nonetheless, Tom's calling me on the phone. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, I, I just said that was a bit. That's amazing to have in this day and age to have that kind of customer service. That, that's something that I'm, I'm personally very proud of as, as one of the aspects of our business is uh, we have people answering the phones. And it's not just like. You know, we, we hire a salesperson off Craigslist and they just answer the phone and, and stuff <laughs> on the computer. Um, really, everyone uh, that I, I'll often tell people that of the people that answer the phone here, I'm the least experienced. And that's about 15 years. So we, we have five guys. If, if we count Tom, he's he still answers the phone sometimes. But five guys that answer the phones who are, are really just experts, you know, have. Uh, one of my coworkers has been working with Tom before he started his own companies ever since 1989. He's been doing drive shafts with, with my dad. And, um, yeah, we're, we're just sitting around 
surfing the internet if we're not helping customers. So we're always happy to just answer questions. It's, it's not necessarily that we're trying to sell stuff. Just just answer questions and, and uh, help people figure out what's really going to work best for them. So I got to ask, uh, when you're uh, in the shop at the, at the place of uh, business there in uh, Utah, I believe it is, um, how do you refer to Tom? Do you call him Tom or dad? Or was there a conversation about how, how you're going to address him? Yeah, that's something that, you know, now I'm referring to him as Tom. If somebody's, you know, if I'm talking to a customer, I'll, I'll refer to him as Tom. But, you know, here to his face, I'll call him dad. Uh, to the, my coworkers, the other employees here, I'll, I'll refer to him as my dad. But oh, okay. I think I've, I've, I've been using the word Tom because I guess it sounds... Sounds a little more grown up and professional than saying my dad. Oh no, <laughs> I'm I'm not criticizing that at yeah. all. It just it just yeah. made me think because I could see a situation in a business environment, and perhaps even you. Uh, I mean, uh, people generally hate the uh, the son of the owner. So <laughs> anything you could do to uh, minimize that, it's I would think it would be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know sometimes too, if people just don't know who, if I just say my dad, just just drop that. They don't know who that is yet. Oh, no, I agree with you. If you're talking to a customer or something, it certainly should be 100% professional. But I was just wondering if it was just around the shop, if it was a, a Tom or dad thing. Because I know if uh, if uh, one of my children was calling me by my first name, I'd look at them sideways and I'd say, hey, you know better. Uh, that's, not yeah. my, that's not my title. Not with you. <laughs> you know, that is, that is kind of a, a weird stigma for me. I, I don't think it, it's real except for in my imagination. But, you know, I, I don't want... Like my coworkers, I always call them my coworkers. I don't say employees. It sounds weird because mm-hmm. I really do think of them as coworkers. We work alongside each other. Absolutely. But anyhow, I don't, I don't want them to think I'm just some some you know brat that is only uh, in charge right. of things because of what my last name is. And, and so, yeah, I, I I think it motivates me to work extra hard to, to prove that you know I'm not just sitting around being the boss's son and and you know, not, not working on their level. Yeah. I think that's very important. That's a, a very mature way of looking at it. Uh, although, did, although I can, I can imagine it can be uh, quite nice having those benefits at times. Yeah. So when, when you were younger, did you always want to be a part of the business? Did you, you know, have you always been there at the shop with your dad? Uh, sort of. Yeah. So when, when my dad first opened the business back in, Boy, I think it was about 99. Um, I was in high school still. I think it was like 15, 16. And, and, and it was basically just him, just working long hours by himself. And, and I'd go in sometimes and, and help like package stuff or, you know, do little things. I didn't really know what I was doing yet. Um, and I worked for him for a while, uh, for, for years. And I didn't want to be the kid who'd ever only ever worked for his parents. So I took a couple sabbaticals, worked other jobs in, in the real world. I had a, a crappy assembly line factory job, oh, working wow. graveyards, had a job as like a welder fabricator, wash dishes, did, did some other things so I could gain some perspective and, and not just be, you know, just a just, uh, person that doesn't know what the real world is like. Man, right. if, if nothing else, it'll make you appreciate the, uh, the job you're doing now. Oh, yeah, 100%. Now, do you have an off-road vehicle? I, I knew you were going to ask me because that's going to be the question, but I'll out myself and say, no, not really. I have kind of a, a Baja Beetle, like a Volkswagen Beetle, but I don't have a Jeep. I don't have a four-wheel drive vehicle. Oh, well, I, I mean, Jeep. I mean, your dad has a, a couple of those things laying around, doesn't he? So you can always jump in one of those Jeeps if you want to. 
Yeah, yeah. The thing I always tell people is uh, I don't have to spend 50 grand on a Jeep. I can just weasel my way into the passenger seat <laughs> of somebody else's Jeep and, and uh-huh. not worry about, you know, fixing things when they break or all the responsibilities that come along with it. Yeah, it's, that's true. Uh, although it's, uh, it, it is kind of fun to, uh, uh, go out, you know, build something, take it out and uh, come back in one piece. Although I'm, I'm sure there's people that would argue that if you come back in one piece, you're not doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. I would disagree with that. <laughs> I like, I like coming back without problems. I like continuing to be able to drive my Jeep without problems and, and still have fun with it. But, but that's me. I don't like getting dense either. So, uh, I'll, I'll take a lot of uh, hits for that as well. Mm-hmm. So, do you? Does your um, store, your company, do they? Do you guys go out to you know as a vendor out to all these Jeep shows and Jeep events? Um, and do you get to go on these events if you do go? Yeah, and I, I am kind of the person that uh, does those now. It's actually this last Easter Jeep Safari was the first time in probably 30 years that Tom hasn't gone to that. And um, I, I went, we took one of our uh, other employees and, and, and we both manned the booth and Tom stayed home. But um, yeah, get to, have to, depending on, on how you want to look at it. Um, we go to Jeep Safari every year. Last few years I've been going to maybe one other event. But to be honest, it's it's uh, you know it's a, a lot of travel and expense and it's stuff where I feel like I'm more valuable here and our, our employees are more valuable here. And, and so we don't go to a lot of shows. They're fun. But, you know, if, if we're going to go, we're going to go to work and, um, you know, go have fun just off the clock. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, uh, how often do you guys order pizza for everybody? Uh, not as much as we should, probably. Oh, no. So you should have lied to me because I love yeah. pizza. <laughs> you know, for a long time, a long, long time, he actually just kind of recently stopped doing it but for probably like six seven years every tuesday was uh my dad would provide lunch for all the employees and it wow. sort of started as a pizza thing there was a, a place that had like two for tuesday so they ordered pizza every tuesday and then it it uh snowballed into this thing where he'd, he'd come in and and spend a couple hours like cooking lunch oh wow employees. that's nice yeah and he still does that occasionally but it's not so much a you know, a, a scheduled thing anymore. Yeah. That's, I mean, ordering pizza is one thing, but actually cooking the meal, that's uh, that's some love there. That's some love for the, uh, the family that is your, your, uh, your employees. Yeah. Uh, they're it's, at- it's, it's funny when we, we, we bought a new building, we have some industrial condominiums. We bought a new unit, the one next to our old one and, and expanded. And that was one of the things when we were planning everything out, I was like, where's, where's the equipment going to go? Where's the shelves going to go? And my dad was just concerned about the kitchen because he wanted to, <laughs> to, to, to cook That's lunch great. for everyone. Yeah. Are there any job openings there right oh, now? Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, there are. There, we we're trying to hire two people right now. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's, it's tough. It's tough sometimes to find good applicants. So, and I actually just posted the listing like yesterday. That's funny you ask. Anyone listening that lives in the Ogden, Utah area? I'll and move if you hire up. me. <laughs> <laughs> she I loves, can't weld. She I loves can't. Utah. She she went up there on a uh, a week trip and uh, rented a jeep uh, to go uh, to drive Moab. So, 
Uh, you know, she always already loves that area. Uh, just curious, what what is it? I mean, not that we're trying to make a job board out of this interview, but w- uh-huh. what kind of uh, uh, attributes do you look for in an employee? I would imagine. Uh, I mean, there. I, I don't think there's a lot of places that make drive shafts. Is there? I mean, outside of uh, uh, commercially for uh, new vehicles. Yeah, you know, I'll often joke with with uh, new applicants that I don't expect them to have any experience because if they do, it means they worked here already yeah. because th- there's not any other shops around. And they were gone uh, for a reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, the, it, the the main thing we're always looking for is is just you know dependable people, and and that's hard to find. But uh, anything that that you know can be done, we we train people to do, and uh, you know it's. One thing that's actually pretty tough is finding people that can read a measuring tape. Uh-huh. That's a kind of baseline qualification, and that's like a, a dying art, apparently. I have to read I it several. W- I would have to agree with that. I have that. to read it several times. You know, uh, it, it's more than uh, measure twice, cut once with me. It's uh, measure several times and make sure. It's an art. You have to get used to it. Uh, I mean, once you once you get used to it and you actually look and see uh, what you're, what you're looking at now, you know, one of the tricks you can do, and this, I'm sure this would be too slow in, in your environment. I like mm-hmm. taking a picture of it with my smartphone. <laughs> that way I don't yeah. forget, uh, you know, you can always write it down with a pencil and paper, which is the right thing to do, but you know how the smartphones are. Yeah. Yeah. They, we they have make life easier. We, we have, um, dimensions and measuring tapes is huge where I work. I'm a, we work in elevator fabrication business and some of these people who have been in the business for years and years mess up. Well, that's the other thing. Tape. That's the other thing. You can measure a tape. You can transfer that measurement to the material that you're going to be working with. And then there's a whole other thing you got to learn, how to cut it properly. Right. Because <laughs> you, you, know, you can mess up quick uh, whenever you're, if you don't know where to line up that blade. It, is, it can be hard because anytime you change, uh, you know, like you get a little bigger, a little smaller, you're changing the units in which you're measuring. You know, you go from an eighth to a 16th and then it's a, a completely different number and it, it, it it's tough sometimes but but yeah it's, it's something that i mean you apply yourself you can learn oh anyway. yeah absolutely it's it's not rocket science yeah. um so uh now this will probably be the most important question of this entire interview and tammy knows what's mm-hmm. coming if you had a jeep what color would it, what so color would it be <laughs> if, if if i personally had a jeep what color would it be that's a good question. There is uh, only <laughs> one right answer here. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say probably gray. Oh, there you go, Tony. I'm sorry, Sean. That's not the right answer. <laughs> what, what? What's what's the right answer? The right answer, of what? course, is red. No, it's not. <laughs> Tony and I have a little feud going on. He he plays this. Red Jeeps are sexy thing all the time, and it it started to get on my nerves, so I started disliking red Jeeps. I have a black Jeep, which black Jeeps are so much cooler. So gray is really close to black. So oh, yeah, boy, that's, a sc- I think that's a stretch. That red. I've never been a fan of red or flashy colors. I like to to you know play it a little more subtle. There you go. Yeah, you're one of the ones, I bet, if you had a gray vehicle, you're one of the ones that on a rainy, uh, cloudy day, you'd be driving around without the headlights off, you know, because you'd meld right in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, I want to sneak up on people. It's all the fog and stuff. Oh, God. That is, I, just, yeah, I always have to wonder about those folks that are driving around in a gray vehicle with their lights off. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that kind of shock you. Like, oh, my God, there's a car there. Well, um, we live in Utah. We don't have fog or rain. Oh, really? Eh, it's a desert. It, I don't remember the last time yeah. it's rained. Hmm. I, well, I guess that's good in a way. Uh, I, I would imagine it gets kind of hot there then. Yeah. I mean, dry. I don't think it gets hotter in other places. It's just drier. A dry heat. So, obviously, you have actually gone through the process of building a drive shaft or two in your time there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Start, start to finish, you know, I, I can do every step of that. How, how long does it, does it generally take, uh, average, I guess, uh, to, to build a drive shaft? Yeah, so, so that's, you know, one kind of cool thing that I think that we do is we, we don't, it's not like... Uh, we, we have one person build a drive shaft. It's we have people, different departments doing each step. And so it's really oh. streamlined kind of, you know, production line. Sure. And, and so that's harder to, to track exactly, you know, how long does it take? But, um, you know, I think that if, if I were to just start with a bin full of parts and I'm assembling the parts and put it all together, a typical drive shaft, I think could be built within, 45 minutes. Oh my goodness. So that's like cutting the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the pipe and welding the ends and uh, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, great. I, I have a tendency to, uh, maybe over, I, I guess, you know, I think I can do something in 45 minutes and two hours later, I'm still doing it. Yeah. But, well, mm-hmm. that, welcome, yeah. welcome to work. To an hour, <laughs> welcome to the working on the Jeep uh, world. Because exactly. It's, <laughs> Oh, this is 30 minutes, you know, and then six hours later, where's that damn 10 millimeter socket? Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I I would, that's, uh, uh, to me, that's a lot of work. And for something that's so critical, uh, such a critical driveline component uh, in a vehicle, any vehicle. And of course, I found out recently uh, that you guys, uh, I mean, I just think of Jeep and Jeep world, but you guys do uh, the drive shafts for all kinds of vehicles. Yeah, yeah. I, I often say that we do anything four-wheel drive that's not a Subaru. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking old Chevys, uh, Scouts, Jeeps, uh, Toyotas, you name it. Now, I know that you, you guys have been doing the JK, JKU drive shafts for a while because Tammy's actually uh, actually uh, purchased one from you guys. Uh, have you done anything for the JL yet? You know, that's a good question. And Yes and no. We've done a few for people that have done axle swaps, and they're going to be pretty similar to the JK drive shafts. But with the JLs, what we're finding is that the pinion, um, the the spline count is different. It's a new, unique thing, which is the same thing they did on the JK. Like a Dana 44 pinion shaft is not the same as on a JK is not the same as a, a 44 before. But um, on the JLs, they're completely different. And so we have to have, we have no way of bolting to the rear pinion flange. And we're going to have to have some new pinion flanges made. But we're, we're kind of stuck because we have to get our hands on a stock pinion flange so that we can, you know, send that off to, to the company that's manufacturing the parts for us. And we haven't been able to get our hands on one. So if anyone's listening that has a JL Dana 44 rear pinion flange, that they can part with, I'll, I'll say it right now, I'll buy it for $300 because it's something that's really holding up the production. But yeah, the wheels are in motion. Wow. We're working on it. We can do whatever you want for the front. We can do 1310 for the rear, but we can't do a 1350 series shaft for the rear yet. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the things that your dad uh, uh, suggested to me was going to the 1350 uh, when I was putting in uh, my Atlas. 
And uh, uh-huh. oh my God, that drive shaft that you guys sent out. And of course, I was sent. Uh, uh, you know, I just just wanted a, a drive shaft to go in there, a thirteen fifty drive shaft, and uh, you guys sent me out a nice uh, uh, polished, clear coated uh, drive shaft that I immediately stuck one of the Tom Woods custom drive shaft stickers on and took pictures of it. Just beautiful, uh-huh. beautiful job. Yeah. So let me ask. Yeah, I, I was just gonna say, I take a lot of pride in, in you know finished product and it, and it looking good. It's, it's a utilitarian object, but there's no reason it can't, you know, also look nice. Absolutely. It's like, you know, nobody sees it unless you're, you're, unless you flip it over on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> nobody sees it, but when you're putting it in there and you know, what's down there, it's just, it's really cool. So, yeah. When I um, bought mine, there were some measurements that needed to be taken. So my question is why, does each Jeep need certain measurements? Is there that big of a difference? Yeah, the, there is. That, that kind of comes back to what I was talking about earlier with my, my dad wanting to ensure that people get the right thing. Um, and, you know, we, like, especially with the JK, they're, they're pretty much all the same. We've built thousands of them. We've done enough to know what the typical lengths are, but we've done enough to know that they're, they're not always exactly the same. And, and uh, we prefer to really just tailor fit it to your vehicle. And it's kind of, you know, like if uh, if we were selling T-shirts and, and and we just sent a size large to everyone in the world, uh, just about everyone would be able to fit it on their body. But, you know, is it going to fit well? That's another question. And so that's that's really why we like to have those measurements is yeah. to, to get you a good fit and to rule out those anomalies where it's just two inches longer than everyone else's and, and we don't know why. Yeah, it's uh, the best uh, customer experience, I think, is what they're going for there, Tammy. And, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a little irritating to have to, you know, get under there and make the measurement. You hope you're measuring it right. You're hoping you're, you're measuring, uh, reading the tape correctly, going back to our earlier conversation. But uh, I, I know that it's not super critical. Uh, the measurement is super critical. But, you know, give the best measurement that you can get uh, for the, the staff there at uh, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shaft. Now, um, I was really surprised. You guys were, were very gracious enough. Your dad was very gracious enough to uh, uh, agree to hand out uh, Jeep Talk Show uh, stickers for us with all mm-hmm. your orders. And I was just dumbfounded when I said, hey, if I send you $250, uh, would, that, would that be good? And you, I think your dad said, well, that'll probably last us a, a week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's amazing. It is. It's just amazing that they're, that you guys have so much product going out the door. And if I understand right, I can't remember if it was you or your dad that told me that about uh, 90% of that is, uh, is Jeep, uh, uh, Jeep drive shafts that are going out. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's just kind of by default most most uh, off road rigs or jeeps because jeeps, quite honestly, make the most sense. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd say probably about ninety percent jeep. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. And, and you know, you have to. Con- uh, I know that you were uh, you saw your dad going to work every day and working his ass off uh, hours and hours and hours and probably not seeing him for uh, some time uh, uh, days on end. Uh, but you, you have to be proud that your dad has, uh, you know, to be part of something that your dad has built up like this. And there's got to be a little pressure uh, with you uh, not wanting to screw that up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's something where absolutely I don't want to mess anything up. I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make it through life without making any mistakes. Oh, of course but, not. Um, yeah. My motivation with the company is, is really, really uh I guess pure. It's something where I'm not just trying to to 
get rich so I can buy toys. I, I, I really want to make sure the company really does better. And I think that comes back a little bit, too, to what I was talking about. Maybe there's a little bit of a stigma with being the, the boss's son. Like, I, I don't want to just coast and, and, and just, you know, keep uh, doing everything that, that he's already established. I, I really want to, maybe there's a little bit, I, I want to kind of prove myself a little and, and, and really improve things, do things even better than, than he has, which um, is a pretty, pretty, uh, he set the bar pretty high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, and I would imagine that uh, uh, being a dad, he's uh, he's in your corner. He wants you to succeed, and it, it, you know, I'm sure he would love to see you do something a little differently and and uh, it work out well. Um, so, and I have no doubt. I mean, especially with doing the shop. I mean, you can already see that uh, you've got some ideas of how to improve things a little bit uh, and and still maintain the 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 things that we have uh, come to know from uh, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shaft. Now. Um, you know, I think that's one of the critical things here is, uh, if nothing else, is people can hear that your commitment is to k- keep all the, the excellent stuff that everybody knows about uh, the, the, the business that your dad built and maybe tweak it a little bit over time to make it better. So uh, you, the, the day that uh, Tom goes home and, and stays there and only comes in, you know, on Tuesdays to cook for everybody, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we can expect more of the same from, uh, from Tom Wood's Custom Drive Shaft. Yeah, a- absolutely. More of the same, but also not. You know, we're we're, we're going to be doing things better every day. I want us to be doing things better than we did the day before. And you know, there's some sometimes. I mean, most mostly drive shafts are pretty much the same thing they have been for the last fifty years. So you know, we can't really reinvent the wheel, but we can refine the wheel or or, or you know build a better wheel, so to speak. And and you know, I, I think that uh, I'm real careful to not get caught up in kind of complacency. Like, I, I do believe that we're the best at what we do, but we can't just sit back and, and think that we don't have any room to improve or uh, that we can't be better. And so I'm always kind of looking for things that, that maybe we can do better. And, you know, it's maybe even if it's just little things, little things add up to the overall experience. So uh, one of the things that had come up uh, in uh, when we were doing advertising for you guys was uh, people complaining about the uh, Gold Seal Universal joints and how they were crap. They were Chinese-made crap, and uh, I think uh, uh, Tom actually told me that uh, you know they can put the, or you guys can put Spicer uh, U joints in there. It's fine. You just don't get the uh, get the warranty. Uh, the <laughs> You know, uh, anything goes warranty that the Gold Seal U-joints go. So let's address that first part about uh, the Gold Seal U-joints. Are they really that bad, Sean? Uh, They're not bad at all. It's something where they're, I mean, long story is we couldn't buy Spicer U-joints. They they didn't want to sell to us because of some politics. So kind of left us with uh, not having universal joints or exploring other avenues. So we we found a manufacturer. Um, Actually, it's, it's a company in, in uh, the Midwest that makes a lot of other parts for us, but we have found a manufacturer that could get them made for us. We have them made. Very good quality joints. Um, they're every bit as strong and as hard as a Spicer joint. We've had destructive testing done on them. Uh, actually, just recently, because I, I, I thought, you know, I don't want to just accept that they were five years ago tested and that they're exactly the same now. And just recently, I did some hardness testing on ours versus a Spicer joint, and our joint was actually just a little bit harder on the surface hardness. But anyhow, uh, yeah, our, our joints have a, a real good warranty 
if, if you break a universal joint and it damages the drive shaft, which most certainly it will, we repair the drive shaft and that costs a lot of money when we have to do that. Occasionally we do. Um, but if somebody wants Spicer universal joints, we substitute the greasable or the non-greasable joints at no additional charge. It really doesn't make a difference to us if the customer prefers one or the other. So there you go, guys. If uh, if you believe in the hype that you see out there on the forums and stuff about the uh, the the very uh, crappy uh, gold seal U joints, just tell them you want spicers in there, and uh, you'll you'll have what you uh, what you know what makes you happy. And of course, I'm sure that's all that the uh, Tom Woods Custom Drive Chef cares about is uh, you being happy. And uh, certainly, the the spicer is is uh, going to perform uh, nearly as well, I would think. Yeah. I like to say they're, they're, it's, you know, Coke or Pepsi. It, at the end of the day, they're both cola, and I don't care which one's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Just don't, just don't ask me. If I ask for Coke, they say, is Pepsi okay? No, damn it, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Sean, you know how the kids love the social media these days. Uh, where can people reach out and uh, find out more about uh, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shaft? I mean, we mentioned the 4xshaft.com, but uh, there's a, a shop, that online shop. Where is that at? Yeah, so that's going to be 4xshaft.com forward slash shop. And, and 4 is the number 4, not spelled out. Um, you can also just Google us, and it should be the first thing that pops up. Um, we're, we're on social media, kind of on Facebook. Don't really, I, I honestly don't know what to do with Facebook, so I don't do much with it. Do Instagram a little bit. That's maybe a little bit bigger. Uh, and that's really it for the social media. Instagram's fun. It's uh, it's like those books you used to read back when you were a kid. It's like, oh, good, I get to read a book. Oh, my God, there's no pictures. I don't like this. <laughs> so Instagram all pictures is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Sean, was there anything else that we uh, that you wanted to go over before we, uh, we wrap this thing up? Yeah, I, I would like to do, uh, I guess, kind of a, a giveaway. So oh, great. If, if it's all right with you guys, um, I don't know how, however you want to direct people, if people, you know, comment on, on your social media or, or calling your phone line or whatever you want to do. The first, let's say 10 people that, that do that, um, will get a, a free t-shirt from us. And anyone that's listening to this, if you order a drive chef from us, uh, mention Jeep talk show and we'll throw in a, a free Tom Woods hoodie. Wow. Wow. That's very nice. Thank you very much. Oh, and and I'm curious, uh, are you guys, are, uh, surely you've run out of Jeep Talk Show stickers now with the going out with your orders? You know, I don't know. I'll, I'll, uh, I'd say I walk out and look at it right now, but I'm tethered to my computer. No, no problem. But, but there's, a, oh, I guess what we're saying here is there's a possibility that when you, you, when you order a drive shaft, you may still get a Jeep Talk Show sticker. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly possible. <laughs> well, that's and if great. Not, you can send us more. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm I'm poor now, uh, Sean. So, <laughs> you know, I think that was one of the things that we talked about uh, a, a while back was the the number of stickers that you guys buy. You guys buy a lot of stickers each year, don't you? Yeah, we you know we we order in quantities of ten thousand. Oh, I actually geez. just placed an order. Holy. for Yeah, and it seems like it was just a couple months ago that I ordered ten thousand of these same stickers. Somebody's got a nice uh, home in Florida because they've uh, sold you guys stickers. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Well, Sean, thank you very much. Thank you for the giveaway. And I think what we'll do, we'll just keep it simple. Uh, you guys know the voicemail line. Uh, we'll we'll just do the first 10 people that call into our voicemail line. And uh, I don't know, Sean, uh, how about uh, they can uh, they can say something like uh, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts are badass. And uh, we can we can actually use that uh, in, uh, in in our show uh, here in the future. 
So yeah, that sounds good to me. So just call in. Uh, I mean, you guys don't mind the 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 the, the potty mouth talk there in that, do you? No. <laughs> I imagine it's kind of interesting around the shop. But anyway, uh, be uh, the first 10 people to call into our voicemail line and to say Tom shafts, uh, Tom custom drive shafts, Tom Woods custom drive shafts are badass. Now, just do the last one, not the, the two I messed up prior to that. And uh, we'll get that information. We'll get the information from you and get that information over to uh, Sean, and he'll get those uh, uh, T-shirts out to you. And don't forget... If you order a drive shaft, mention the Jeep Talk Show and get a Tom Woods custom drive shaft hoodie. And I'd like to see a picture of that, guys. So, you know, hit us up on social media. And when you get that hoodie, share it with us. I'd like to see it. All right. Well, that's about all we have time for tonight. Uh, Sean, thank you very much for being here. Uh, I know you had a long day, but thanks for making time uh, for, to get Definitely. over here thank and uh, talk to us on the show. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thanks once again to Sean Woods for taking the time to talk about his involvement with the world-famous Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry? Or maybe you know somebody who does. Or maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show yourself. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Everybody's got a Jeep story. We want to hear yours. All right, guys, I'm going to have to defer to uh, your pronunciations. That way I can lay blame on you for mispronouncing it. How do you, I, you, know, how do you pronounce that, that name? Tam, I'm, I was hoping that maybe Tammy knew this one. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to go with Tao. Yeah, you know, I've met her. I just was introduced to her as Robin. Right, yeah, that's all so, happens. I'm going to go with Tao. I like that. So coming yeah. up next week, Robin or Rob, Tao, owner-operator at Uwari OHV FAM. So what is that, Tammy? Is that uh, is that that's not the park, is it? No, this is a really cool thing that she's done, and it's it's a network. Like it's kind of like a, a a just a tree, you know, those phone trees that you would have. Like if you get stuck anywhere in the southeast, and she's she's spreading out. If you're in your Jeep, she call, can call people and they can come and help you get unstuck. Oh, okay. Oh, I got you. Awesome. So that's the, that's the family thing. I got you. Right. It's, um, and I've been, now that I follow the Carolina Trails Off-Road folks who we interviewed, Brian Route 16 is involved with him. I see them posting, so-and-so stuck in the, you know, Francis Marion Forest and people go help them yeah there's something um, similar here in the houston area i've been following the uh, the chat portion of that actually i follow both of them on facebook but you see a lot of that uh they want to know uh where you're located and uh, it's it's really interesting it, it, just any time of the day or night and you'll see somebody comment with somebody else's name i think that's in that area or that may be available to go help somebody out and right. i'm thinking at two o'clock in the morning when i see some of these posts <laughs> it would be really easy just to you know let the crickets play <laughs> and not <laughs> and not go out and help or, or wait until you know i've had enough sleep to do it but that's not what i see from these groups it's wonderful it's wonderful to see yeah so she she started this and she has a whole network of folks that go out and help people but um it'll be exciting to talk to her yeah we'll find out next week of course you won't because you're not going to be here no, so. i know very good <laughs> again i'm gone again from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I uh, just caught the show where Tony and Josh talked about air compressor safety. 
And I just want to regale you of a story from the Nikki G childhood when me and my brothers tried to build our own homemade air compressor out of an old washing machine motor, the engine from an old Cub Cadet lawnmower, and a 25-pound propane tank. And I won't bore you with the details, but I learned two <laughs> things that day. Parents should never leave their children unsupervised, and your little brother makes an excellent blast shield. Oh, jeez. In case you're wondering, it was the... Uh, the crankcase to the Cub Cadet motor that gave out and sent shards of metal flying everywhere. I'm still picking pieces out of my hair. And uh, maybe next week I'll regale you with this, a story from my past when uh, me and my brothers tried to build a uh, homemade battery charger <laughs> out of uh, the very same washing machine motor and an old alternator. And I'll tell you the lecture the fire marshal gave us. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. I had that mental image of Jim Carrey from uh, Living in Loving Color. Let me tell you something. Show <laughs> you something. Fire Marshal Bill. I oh, love me some Fire Marshal Bill. Oh. Now, how, do, how do I know that? It, I bet there's a point in time uh, during uh, Nikki G's adolescence where he may not have had eyelashes and eyebrows. I, I'm just saying. Well, that's, mm-hmm. There's there's a reason he had that nick, nickname, uh, One Testicle uh, Nikki G. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out. It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Yeah, what is it and why do I want it? So, now don't let this name fool you. Um, these things are so cool. I got this for my birthday. And they're goofy LED safety flares. It's a road kit, emergency warning, flashing signal, reflectors. They're for your car, motorcycle, boat, bike. Well, maybe not so much the bike, but... Anyway, they're really cool. You get a pack of six for $39, and they're LED road flares. They're flashing warning lights um, for the roadside emergency situations. Um, They're shatterproof, crushproof, rainproof, and they're a must-car for, a must-have for any vehicle, car, Jeep. Um, There's super visibility, super bright LED, can be seen up to one mile at night. They can be used for traffic control as a warning light, a rescue beacon, and any other emergencies. You can even use them to light up as you're walking through your campsite. Um, There are nine different flashing modes, including an SOS rescue, three LED flashlights. Um, This, I, I love them. They can even, they're like magnetized, and I can just like stick them on the side of my Jeep. Um, would be cool for a parade, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, you can get them on Amazon. There will be a link in our show notes. But they're goofy, as in Mickey Mouse's goofy LED safety um, road emergency kit. I think they are so cool. I think they even have, if I remember right, they have like a hook where you can hook them on something. You can set them on the road and there'll be emergency beacons. Anyway, go check them out. Really cool. For your road safety kit that you should be having in so, your Jeep. So, Tammy, you mentioned they're shatterproof, crushproof, and rainproof. But are they uh-huh. Nikki G-proof? 
Ooh. Uh, that would be a good test for us to do. <laughs> we, yes. We need to send a set to, to Nikki G and uh, hear about the chemical burns as uh, oh, yes. these are LEDs. So I'm just thinking about the ones that you crack open, you know, and they, they close no, sticks. No, no, no the, these things are these things are really cool. It comes with a little carrying case and everything. Yeah, yep. like Tammy was saying, magnetic and it has a little hook on them. Um, the Amazon, the pictures that are on the Amazon site really are pretty cool. I mean, it shows these things magnetically attached to the side of a vehicle and just lighting up the night. And uh, I'm thinking, well, I need about three packs of these things. I'm going to throw them all over my Jeep and drive down the road. I think there that'd be go. funny, funny as all heck. Uh, yeah, these things are really, really cool. I, I I can see why you instantly fell in love with these. I know oh, yeah. that they're like, you know, emergency and, you know, used for, you know, safety and in, in case you're stranded and stuff like that. But there is no way in hell that I'm not going to play with these. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I can see exactly. Josh in the, in, the, in the bathtub with all the bubbles and the glowing, oh, yeah. the glowing <laughs> colors coming up out of the bubbles. Exactly. <laughs> hey, do you have an idea for a product review? Just go visit our contact page and let us know what you would like to hear us take a look at next. And coming up in a few minutes... We're going to hear about a little, some events happening in your hometown around the nation in Willing Ware. Uh, it's just not going to be the same. Uh, no one, Burt Reynolds, isn't out there anymore. I know, really isn't. That was uh, no, so one, sad. no one abandoned ain't out on the road. That's just, uh, it is sad. I think one of the, the most interesting things about the, the movie Smokey and the Bandit uh, was seeing the high speed driving of the the black trans am oh, because, yeah. because if you know anything about uh automobiles and, and driving fast the the tires get taller and you could tell that uh trans am was a just a bat out of hell in some of those some of those scenes it wasn't something that was sped up it wasn't something that was done by trick of camera uh it was no, he's not driving, driving that on the back of a trailer. <laughs> yeah, he was driving balls <laughs> yeah. out on those highways, and and uh, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they had the the high, the freeways locked down where it, it wasn't going to be an issue. But it's something you don't normally see somebody really driving no, a car that fast. Was, that was from an era of movie making when car stunts were done in real time, oh, practical with real vehicles yeah. with you know, I mean, actual stuntmen. None of the CGI stuff, and and. Uh, I'm sorry, but the car car scenes in today's movies just aren't what they used to be. No. I mean, they're interesting and they're fun, but there's there's things that they don't think of uh, in the CGI, the physics that uh, no. experience tells you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've, you've seen it whenever the, the, the drag racers take off. Man, that tire goes from, you know, uh, it gets a, a foot taller in some yeah. cases. So. You know, even if you don't see it uh, personally, you, uh, I mean, uh, experience it personally, you can uh, just see real uh, race cars and what they do uh, whenever it's driven quickly. Anyway, it was, that was one of the things that impressed me a lot about it. Uh, that and Sally Field, she was good in that movie. I enjoyed her. You know, I wonder how much of a car nut Burt Reynolds was. I wonder if he actually ever owned a Jeep. You know, that's interesting. Uh, I never thought about that. I, uh, certainly, um, uh, Jay Leno uh, is a car nut, and uh, mm. I think he has. I think he has some Jeeps in there, but it doesn't seem to be his main focus. So I guess uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, guys. Well, we know this. I, I, well, you know, <laughs> it's, 
you know, you you take on a, a simple project and you think, well, I'm just going to go ahead and bust that out over the weekend. It's a it's a it's something that I've done before. It's something I can do oh, again. God, I don't yeah. need help. I have the tools. I you know I've got this. And you know what they say about best laid plans. Uh, yeah. So it, <laughs> I was Child started support. this. Started the weekend with, uh, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go out there and do the ball joints today. Uh, I've, I've, I've been sitting on these for a couple few weeks now. Uh, it's something that I, I need to take care of. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and get that done. And, uh, and started in on it. And uh, one thing led to another. And you know, next thing you know, I'm, you know, an hour and a half with the Dremel on the, nu- on the knuckle, and I'm cleaning it up, getting it ready for paint. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, insane. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm completely nuts. Uh, but no, one of the one of the biggest um, issues I actually ran into was these um, the Alloy USA uh, ball joints that I had put in there before, which went bad on me, um, were knurled. And uh, if if you've ever done a ball joint install, you know what I'm talking about. And and basically what this is is the part of the ball joint that presses into the um, the axle C. Um, it's the part that engages and actually you know gets has that press fit. Um, that keeps it inside of that inside of that race on the on the knuckle or on the uh, uh, on the axle seat. And um, uh, when you go when you have a knurled u or a, a knurled ball joint and you press that in there, it stretches the metal a little bit. Knurls are knurl is is a a term for um, a, a sort of a texture in the metal. Oh, and okay. um, and it's it's kind of got those ribs um, on it. And it versus a, a smooth race. Um, it's just a knurled race. Has has texture to it versus being smooth, and that texture ends up stretching the metal out a little bit. And so when I went to go put in these Spicer U joints, um, I found that the race had been stretched out a little bit and all but pressed in by hand to the last maybe eighth of an inch before I got uh, actual interference fit um, on the on the ball joint on the Gee. driver's side. So I'm not real happy about that. There's not exactly an easy fix for that. You're replacing the axle at that yeah. point um, because you, you can't. I mean, that this is a part that is welded onto the axle. It's part of the housing. I mean, yes, technically there are things that you could do. I could weld a bead in there and then ream it out. But you know, we're talking about finite tolerances here. That's something that would likely have to be done at a machine shop. And we're talking about taking an entire axle into a machine shop. That's not going to be cheap. Um, just not something that I was really expecting to encounter. So uh, the fix for this was welding in the ball joint, um, essentially, which is what I did. So uh, take that, uh, that Spicer ball joint, uh, pressed it in, uh, got the last eighth of an inch to actually press in. But, you know, there's three quarters of an inch to an inch of material that's supposed to be pressed in that is not being pressed in. So I'm a little worried about it. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the, the long-term is going to be for this. I, 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 I fixed it with a, a, a few little attack welds to keep it in there. I know that it's not going to go anywhere, but it's not as strong as it could be. Yeah, it's going to bother you. So it's, it's, it's going to be in the back of my head. I'm always going to be, you know, hypervigilant about that corner of the Jeep now. What's going on over there? What's that noise? Was that the ball joint? You know, so I'm, I'm a little bit you know, perturbed about, about how this turned out. And uh, by no means am I upset with uh, with Route One Six Off Road. Brian there took care of me with the uh, with the Spicer ball joints that I got from them, um, and uh, they are exactly what I was looking for and what I wanted. Uh, what I didn't want was the discovery of the Alloy USA ball joints messing up my my axles. Um, so anybody out there within the sound of my voice, 
If you are even considering a ball joint swap, please stay away from the Alloy USA ones and stay away from ones that are knurled as well because if and when they do fail, which they might, you're going to have to replace them with something either equally as knurled or you're going to be running into the same situation that I am yeah. with a misfitting ball joint. So, do you, th- do you think maybe they went that direction, uh, not so much for strength, but uh, repeated uh, installations of the... Ah, that's, that's a, you can flip that coin either way, man. Yeah, that, that's, that's one of those things where did they design it to fail? Did they design it to where you are best, you know, using their product again because it's knurled? You know, ah. Well, people, you know, I don't know, most so. people m- may not know what it is that you know and they just go well these damn spicer uh, ball joints just don't fit right but the alloy usa was fine so let me go get another set of those oh and then they then they start posting up like you know i tried to put spicers in there but uh they just wouldn't fit right i don't know why but the the alloys they're they're made apparently with better tolerances and and they fit perfectly i i, I was just really concerned about leaving those spicers in there yada 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 i mean so this, here's is, this is just opinion folks i don't know i'm just asking the question here's what i'm going to recommend if you are running the stock ball joints and and you're you're looking at a at you know okay my ball joints are failing they have failed whatever i'm i'm going to need to replace my ball joints regardless of whether you're having a shop do it or whether you're doing it yourself do not get the knurled ball joints. Regardless of what brand right. that you go with, stay away from the knurl. Trust me, in the long run, in the long term, you're going to be doing yourself a favor. You're going to be doing the next owner of that Jeep a favor, who are the next owner of that axle a favor by not putting in knurled ball joints in there just because they're going to they're gonna give you headaches in the future. So let me ask you the question uh, that I, I know I want to know. So when you got the ball joint, got the, the C off there, the axle C off of there, and everybody, you know, test the, 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 the ball joint, no matter how certain you are, that's the, the issue. You want to, you know, move that little shaft around and see how bad it is. Did you do that? How- Absolutely. The, 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 the lower one, I don't think was all that bad. The upper one, definitely bad. I could take that, 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 that upper shaft and move it vertically about an eighth oh, of an inch or more. No. Yeah. And it's not supposed to do that. You uh-uh. might get a little bit of rotational movement on that, but any sort of vertical movement up and down inside of that joint itself, no, that's that, that yeah. That's so I was definitely definitely uh, suffering a bad ball joint at least on the upper. And, and of course, you know, regardless of whether it's the upper or the lower, just replace them both. So, um, this obviously means you weren't greasing them properly. Obviously you weren't doing proper maintenance. Oh, yes. Oh, no, clearly it's, it's, it's my fault, (laughs) you know, because, you know, there's three of us that were all running these ball joints all on different years of Cherokees and, uh, all in different, uh, different drive abilities and, and driving habits and and wheeling habits and and stuff like that. And, and it's funny how they all failed within the same period of time that's just kind of weird you know uh, i think of uh, good quality stuff from alloy uh, usa and it, and it just surprises me that they uh, have something like this out on the market I'm, i wonder uh, if it's the cherokee ones and uh, uh you know if, if you have a jk or yj or anything that uses a ball joint and if you and you've used the alloy usa uh, ball joints uh please give us a call and let us know what your experience has been Absolutely. Now, you know, I went with these because they had pretty decent reviews uh, out there, and and Alloy USA historically has made pretty pretty decent gear, uh, you know, across the board. So it's you know one of those names that that you know you were able to trust. Maybe this is one of those things where they had a bad batch. Yeah, you and all because, got them about because, the same time, and we all got them about the same time within about a month of each other, honestly, uh, and all from you know within a zip code or two of each other. 
So it, it's very easily, you know, it can be easily assumed that maybe there was a bad batch and we all got some out of that bad batch. You know, who knows? What's the what's Ranger the warranty on those things? Are, are you thinking about uh, if nothing else, just going back to them and let them know that the that this is a problem? Uh, I mean, it's one thing to bitch on a podcast or even bitch on a forum or bitch to your friends about it, uh, but are you actually giving them an opportunity to to you know either be be aware, get an apology, or maybe get another set of ball joints that you can sell on eBay? I'll have to go through my gigantic stack of uh, build receipts and whatnot, and make sure that I I, I have uh, you know the the sales receipt from from that purchase uh, to make sure that I can you know hey I did purchase these they were brand new here is you know you know sort of maybe the batch number or something like that you know from them here's the store I bought them from and the date that I bought them from maybe you guys are aware that you know the shipment that went to you know Oregon around this time you know had some bad units in them. Uh, because of, oh, hey, you guys got a, bu- a bunch of calls within, you know, this period of time about these ball joints. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there was something about that. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I was, I've thought about writing them a letter. I've, I've more or less written it off just because, okay, you know, this obviously happened with a few other people. I, I think maybe they got to know. Thing. And I, uh, think, you know. I think it's the right thing, even if you're not trying to get anything from them. I oh, think it's and, the and right thing it. to let them know. I don't, I don't want anything from them. I mean, if they, if, if, you know, they want to make it right by, you know, uh, reimbursing my purchase or something, eh, so be it. I'm not going to ask for that. Yeah. A, a new axle. Yes. Dana 44 would be, would be great. Yeah. Oh, sure. You know, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> no, that's, that's, I'm not going to go out of my way to put them in a situation where they feel like they have to do that. No, I, no but, but that's, them know but that's about, my concern. And I think people should do that. I mean, like I said, it's one thing to bitch about it, but Go back to the company and let them, and if nothing else, uh, make them aware of what you experienced. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I found out recently that uh, the Jeep uh, is all over the forums. Uh, they, they, uh, our, uh, our podcast is on their newsletter. They're aware of anything Jeep because they want to hear what the consumers are saying about their products. Because just like us, we love having the reviews. We love having the feedback. That's something that Jeep takes very seriously, apparently. So you, you have to give Alloy USA the opportunity to, to get that feedback. And, and I'm, I'm really not talking to you so much, Josh, as I am uh, you listening to the show. So, you know, bitching's great. It's an American thing to do. <laughs> but I'm going to sue you. <laughs> give, the, yeah, yeah. give the company that feedback and let them know what you think about it. And don't hold back. Tell them exactly no, what you and think I, about and it. I, I'd even be willing to ship them back uh, what, you know, what they gave me, uh, what I have, you know, so they could do some R&D on it or something like that, uh, go through it and be like, oh, well, clearly, you know, it was this that failed on these, you know, we need to look into that, you know, yeah. part of our, you know, uh, manufacturing process or whatever. I, I don't know. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I should write a letter. So, Tammy, how's your ball joints? Uh, they're <laughs> hanging in there so far. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nicely done. <laughs> I just figured out what I said. <laughs> too funny, too funny, Tammy. Uh, uh, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we kind of got a tease that uh, that you're once again oh, not going to be with us next week. I what what know, the hell are you I doing? Know. What are you doing? Sorry, Dave. <laughs> um, normally in October, I head up to Rush Creek for Women's Wheeling Day, but this year we've moved it to um, September. So it's next weekend, and I will be heading up early, early Friday morning because I'm going to help stuff the. So the really, there swag is no bag. reason for you to to miss the show Thursday. You'll be home. Yes, I'll be in bed sleeping. Well, you don't have to be. That's the point. 
Oh yeah, just yeah. pull an all nighter. No, no, yeah. What's the worst oh, that could happen? It's the Jeep way. <laughs> no, I have to. I have to be up there early Friday morning. Um, for that's perfect. You know, fin- finish the show, pound a couple of Red Bulls, good to <laughs> yeah. go. Well, there you go. Um. So anyway, it's Women's Wheeling Weekend, and I'm looking forward to that. I will be giving away some Jeep Mama, um, Par- lip balm paraphernalia. I, yeah, I got lip balm. This time and some stickers, Jeep Talk Show stickers and all that kind of stuff. And I will bring our banner and we'll display that again. Um, And the reason I was gone for two weeks is I was going to night school. Um, You know, learning how to be a podcaster. Yes. Tammy, GEDs are just as good as a high school diploma. You know, I was in television news for 13 years, and I then found myself with a little one growing in my belly, and so I decided to be a stay-at-home mom, and after a while, they don't need you anymore, so you're like, gosh. (laughs) She's not bitter. I know. (laughs) Damn kids. Um, Hang on. Uh, Dr. Phil calling Dr. Phil. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's time like, God, what am I going to do? And I certainly do not want to go back to television news because it has changed so much. I think it's on its way out. Yeah. I I think it's getting really hard with all the internet stuff. They're going the way of the newspaper. Yeah. And it just disgusts me. But anyway, that's a whole other story. So I'm like, I need to find, and the elevator business is just so up and down. (laughs) Yes, it's ups and downs. (laughs) But anyway, I'm like, I need, I want, because I loved television news. I was passionate about it. And um, so I'm trying to find that next new passion. And so I went to bartender school and I had a blast. So I am a certified bartender mixologist. Yeah, but tell the people the reason why you did the mixology thing, the bartender thing, is because the the tattoo classes were all full up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Tammy, uh, Tammy, you're uh, you're in good company. I uh, I'm also a certified bartender. Very cool. We could uh, open up our own little um, Jeep Mama's Josh's garage. In I Bowen will have together. you know that it was about 20 years ago I got my certification. So oh. and and uh, I've never used it. I've I've worked in the industry uh, you know for years of my life, but uh, right. but never never uh, actually you know served drinks as a profession. So it's uh, it was a, a route that I was planning on going down, but uh, I ended up zigging when I should have zagged. Josh, I'm going to give you a warning. Uh, I, I thought about this the other day, and uh, you and I had a, a bit of a conversation a while back about some of the your background, some of the jobs and stuff that you had done. I'm a jack of all trades. That, yeah, that I was not aware of, and it was very interesting. The next time we have a cancellation, a, a guest cancellation, uh, it's going to be you. You're going to be the no, the, no. You're be the guest. <laughs> yes, it's your turn. Uh, and I well, don't, it, and I don't understand why you didn't tell me that the poles, the dancing poles, are set up with a bearing on the top and the bottom, and they spin. I thought these these were really talented individuals that were, <laughs> you know, had the calluses built up from the the it's dragging of skin. Trade secret, Tony. Trade secrets. <laughs> the dragging of skin across that cold you metal bar. To share that. <laughs> I I'm not registered and I'm not certified, so I can do that. But uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, you guys have to look forward to that when it's time we have a cancellation, or we may just put Josh on the spot and do it just to make him as a guest interview. Uh, both these guys are very interesting; have a lot of uh, interesting things in their background. Well, the the last night of my class, as I'm driving home, and mind you, I've been Swerving. driving this same. <laughs> 
driving by Braille. It's been yeah. mixing drinks all night. They, yeah. they were saying that it's just apple juice, but no, no. Tammy's like, it why the actually, hell can I get through a story here? Right. <laughs> colored yeah. water, it my It was ass. colored water. It was. <laughs> but so I'm driving home on this Highway 100, and I hardly drive at night, um, but the the whole two weeks as I'm driving home each night, I'm the road is like crappy. It's bumpy. So my freaking headlight is flicking on and off every time I hit a little bump. And it's like flashing. Winky. So it goes out and I get pulled over by a police officer because my oh, headlight's out. Come on. So, and, you, and you start with, yeah. officer, I know I got this problem. I'm just coming back in from learning no, how to serve no. drinks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 tase, tase. <laughs> now, please, Tammy, please really tell me. Nice, I, I hope I'm. I hope I'm not shitting on your point here. Um, but please okay. tell me that uh, that you got out and did the Fonzarelli. Oh yeah, you gotta have to go there and now, pump, hit it. I I oh. wanted to really bad, but you are not supposed to get out of your vehicle, and I didn't want to get you know shot. I just, yeah, <laughs> tased. I, right, and we're on you know an like a big huge highway that cars are going by really fast so i wanted to so bad get out and just hit it or jiggle the wires because i can kind of reach under um Mm -hmm. and but i didn't he he was a very nice officer he gave me a warning he asked me he said my jeep was really cool he asked me you know if i go off-roading what's the jeep talk show yeah yeah and you know i i need to handing him the jeep talk talk show sticker and the the card i thought was a just i mean brilliant Uh, and I especially in a, in a stressful situation like that, it's great that you put the show at the top of your list of things to do. This is wonderful. Um, so anyway, that was, <laughs> those did, were my She didn't do that, folks. No, That's I the didn't. joke. She didn't do I that. <laughs> License and registration. She has a sticker <laughs> and a card. Right. Man, is, is this a bribe? Well, yes. sort of. Wink, wink. <laughs> but it was funny. He was a shorter officer, and he just barely came up to my window. <laughs> oh, hello? So, I would have gone, I know. hello? Hello? I oh, know. oh, sorry. I see you there now. <laughs> um, no, very, Sir, very step nice out guy. of the car. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting with Jeff from Adrenaline. Hopefully, he can fit me in next week. Well, he's already he's, fixed this. No, he hasn't. We, because it, it you, you took it there. The, you took it there no, to I, be fixed. I did. I did. I took it there to be fixed, and we just put the dial, what the dielectric grease, and mm-hmm. they cleaned it, yep. and it worked again. So I go then, back to my first, my first statement. He's already fixed this, Jeff. No, what the hell no. is this? The kind of shoddy no, work I, we can expect from you? No. If, if I remember correctly, I think Tammy mentioned something about a replacement wire, a harness. Oh, yeah, he, that you right. guys are gonna, he got a harness, you're a replacement harness, and, plug or but they didn't have yeah. to do it because they they put the dielectric grease on it. Right, and it worked, and then I went to um, crawling for cops, and the first freaking rock I hit, it jiggled it loose, and we we are ninety nine percent sure it's the connection of the wires that goes into the jeep because mm-hmm. I can wiggle the connector, I can wiggle the wires right near the connector where it goes into the headlight, nothing. But if you move your hand down towards the wires that are closer to the part where it goes into wherever it goes into in the Jeep, something in there is not working. Yeah, you'll figure it out. And so, uh, if nothing yeah. else, you can always get new headlights. And uh, Well, I do have new headlights. They, I just am too lazy to put them in. That's one but of I the don't think it's headlights at all. Yeah, no, it's no, not. It's so the much. connection, right? Yeah. yeah. 
uh, I, I still say, I don't know, I think you already did this. You bend the prongs out a little bit so they they fit better into the plug. Yeah. It's, okay, yeah. Yep. Because uh, I had that problem with the TJ when I was putting the, the new headlights in there. I mean, it was just, there was no resistance. It was like uh, Josh putting in that uh, ball joint into his uh, right. Dana 30 <laughs> axle seat. It just was slid right in there, and I went, ah, this ain't going to work. Uh, this is, I mean, it, it came on, but just a little wiggle and it was going to go off and it did, but I bent those prongs and it's been a hundred percent since. So, uh, Josh and I were talking about this on, uh, on chat the other day. And I, I know Tammy, you were uh, sitting there and, uh, uh watching, uh, reading intently and taking notes. Um, I, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I have, uh, uh, we don't hear from Tammy in chat much anymore. Uh, Not when you guys are talking over my head numbers uh, we, go, we go a mile yeah. a minute about about some tech usually and it yes. gets out of hand sometimes so i have this I, I, I have this situation that i've i've had in the past and i i just associate it with it the time to do a brake job a, a, a disc brake job but i don't know what i mean just thinking about it it doesn't make any sense my my disc brakes are rattling you know if i'm just driving like if i go in the parking garage every morning and I have to roll the window down to, to do the card, to, you know, get in through the gate. I can hear this stuff rattling. And I don't like hearing rattling, uh, but, you know, you can do things to get, a, get an idea without actually having to get out of the vehicle to, to figure out what's wrong. Uh, and I noticed whenever I, I just barely give it any break, the rattling goes away. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I remember that. That's a rattling noise that comes from the disc brakes. And it just is kind of an indicator that you need to, to replace the pads and the, the rotor or turn it or, or whatever. But I can't remember exactly what it is now. Now Josh goes on, to, uh, you know, <laughs> to the well, while you're in there type uh, route, which is you know loose bolt uh, on the caliper, bad caliper, all these things that are basically says I'm going to die while I'm going to drive home. <laughs> yeah. No, she's, she's putting the fear of God in you. Yeah. Like well, I'm never driving this Jeep again. <laughs> I'm never talking to this guy again. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I wasn't worried about it before. So uh, I'm just kind of curious if if you guys have run across the the disc brakes making a rattling noise. And uh, again, knowing uh, that whenever you just, just give it a little break, that rattling noise go, goes away. I don't know what that is. And when I think about it, it doesn't make any sense uh, logically as to why it would rattle. Uh, unless, like what you were saying, Josh, a, a bolt is loose, uh, yeah. you know, something. Because uh, the, the, the pads uh, snap in uh, and they certainly not right. going to move around. Uh, I'm, I'm, the, oh, I, I forgot. Uh, after the uh, after the conversation, I was thinking about it, and I wonder if it's the uh, what do you call it? The heat shield, the mud shield, the the shield that. Uh, uh, yeah, but that's that's bolted on through the wheel bearing. Right, I mean, that, exactly. That's, unless your wheel bearing mount is maybe, loose, unless you know the maybe bolts that's in your it. wheel bearing are loose. Maybe I didn't put those. <laughs> maybe I didn't put those three bolts back in when I did the axle. They're just they're just hand tight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> good lord could you imagine <laughs> yeah that would be fun yeah. especially after that 400 mile trip because i did all that that well, work and you you had an instance a while back if i remember right where you had like a wheel bearing completely fail on you or something didn't you yeah that was that was a long while back that was like yeah. uh 2012 or something and uh, i actually had to get the vehicle towed home uh yeah it, that's right there was a lady uh walking which, which along vehicle your Cherokee? yeah uh, this lady was walking along the side of the of the road, and uh, uh, I had to pull over because of the the wobbling. Uh, it wasn't really death wobble; it was just really strange. And I remember she walked up and she says, "God, that scared me." <laughs> and I'm like, "I didn't, I didn't see it." And you just can imagine that some lady sees this this big, uh, 33 inch tire uh, just wobbling on on the vehicle. And some people have actually lost their their wheel bearing yeah. assembly where it just it came apart. 
Yeah, uh, but no, I, had, uh, I had one that was uh, really close uh, to where I, got, I think I got a video on YouTube of it actually uh, to where you, moving that wheel bearing back and forth and in and out. And it, it had like a quarter inch of play in any direction. Very scary. So, you know, just thinking about it, it may not be the, the brakes at all. It could be something else that is uh, getting tight whenever I apply the brakes because, you know, the axle is going to, uh, to is going to torque. Uh, when you ap- apply the brakes uh, to a certain degree, so it could be something else that's in there that's this rattling that I'm not aware of. But uh, but I notice that it goes away whenever I apply brakes. So you're gonna uh, do a, a little visual inspection this weekend, maybe? Yeah, you know I, I have all these plans to do all kinds of things in the, the weekend, and I come in here and I sit in front of the computer and go. Uh, and watch some YouTube videos and go, you the know. The next thing you know, it's Monday and yeah, you <laughs> I know, gotta go to work. I really need to get out there. You know, I, I'm off tomorrow and I did that last weekend, but three days. I'll do it all Monday, you know, because I'm off. You know, I should be working anyway. I'll just go mm-hmm. work in the garage. Oh, gee, I could really t- use a nap right now, you know. Oh, gee. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I would like to, and uh, I, I actually uh, I do want to check that uh, that uh, wheel bearing assembly again. I checked it before the trip, uh, but when you said it, you know, it could be a wheel bearing assembly going out making that noise. Uh, it wasn't bad before the trip, but you know they go bad all the time. So yeah. um, be worth. Uh, j- I need to rotate tires anyway, so I, I figure I'll I'll jack it up and then uh, spin that tire, listen for the grinding noise, and do the side to side movement to see if I, if there's any rocking motion going on. Well, from side to side or rocking out, you guys can join in on the fun with us. We'd like to have you around the campfire side. Just go and chat with us, if you will. Uh, Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Find out all the ways that you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Hey, now some events that are uh, from around the world and maybe your neck of the woods. And uh, let us know about your event, actually. If you know about a Jeep event or an off-road event, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And uh, click and fill out our wheeling wear form. Brand new uh, apparatus for you guys to let us know about events that you know about in the Jeep world. Now we've got the Northeast Off-Road Adventure presenting Colors in the Catskills, the Off-Road Edition. This is the Nora event uh, that uh, we've been talking about. Well, that has been all over the web, actually. September 29th at Hunter Mountain, New York. We have also the Trail Hero at Hurricane Recreation Center happening October 2nd through the 6th. In Hurricane Utah, this event is bigger than King of the Hammers. Trust me, if you uh, like King of the Hammers, you'll love Trail Hero. Wow, sounds uh, like a real f- blowout. Yeah, no, this is this is huge. Uh, we actually interviewed the guy who started this way back in the XJ Talk days. Uh, I have to get him back on the yeah, show, actually. Exactly. Well, for more information on these events or any of the events that we've talked about here on the show, uh, and for links to where you guys can get all that information, just head over to jeeptalkshow.com. And uh, check the uh, website for the episode that you're listening to right now. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to subscribe. And as always... Hey, wait a minute, Josh. Uh, what do you mean subscribe? How does one subscribe and, and why would you want to do that? I'm going to channel my inner Boromir from Lord of the Rings and say, one does not simply subscribe to the cheap talk show. Oh, wait. No, yes, one does, doesn't one, actually. Tammy, why don't you tell our newest listeners how to make sure they don't ever miss any of the content the Jeep Talk Show is putting out? Oh, let's see. Well, I subscribe. (laughs) No pressure. Oh, I know. (laughs) I subscribe on my iPhone, and there's a little podcast icon, and all I did was search for the Jeep Talk Show, and it was really, really easy. Even I can do it. It's that easy. But you can also subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, 
Um, geez, did I miss any? Oh, there's a bunch of them out there. And yeah, you can, like you said, you can subscribe on YouTube. I bet you can do it uh, on Spotify and uh, tune in and you know wherever you want to wherever you want to do it. But uh, but you should subscribe. But but why would they want to subscribe, Tammy? Um, it helps us. Uh, I like yeah, that subscribers, yeah. and we get downloads, and it makes us feel really, really good. Golden downloads, but basically, what you guys get is you don't have to remember to download the show. It's going to be right there with you uh, whenever you're ready to listen, uh, and that usually means when you're taking a long turn in the bathroom. Oh. And so I says to him, "I don't believe you. Ain't no way you got one that big." And wouldn't you know it, he pulls out his shaft and he says, "Would you believe I got this one from Tom?" And it's red, black. Oh, gee, Timmy. <laughs> I I have to have the last word. <laughs> no, no, I was just thinking. You know, keep your fantasies oh, to yourself. Oh yeah, no, geez, Louise, <laughs> twice in one show. Guessing since 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, Josh, he's just, <laughs> my heavens! I'm getting the case of the vapors. Oh, insert foot, right? <laughs> there you go again. Good, times. Good, times. Good night. Good night. <laughs>